Hello there. Just a quick note before you get into this episode. I wanted to apologize for Ben Maddox side of the recording. I think you decided to record through a cup and a string. Open up those purse strings, Ben, and get yourself a real microphone. <laughs> oh, I kid, I kid. Anyway, uh, through the Zoom call, he actually sounded fine. It's just afterwards the recording was a little bit off. He says he has a new setup. So, anyway, apologies for Ben's poor microphone skills. But uh, it's quite understandable. You won't have no problems. It just doesn't sound uh, as crystal clear as we're used to hearing Ben's professional uh, recording levels at. In fact, you might have never even noticed had I not pointed it out in this preamble just now. So ignore all this, and maybe you won't even notice. Anyway, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Board Game Snobs podcast, a ridiculous podcast with ridiculous hosts that discuss ridiculous things. And any mention of board games is purely coincidental. And so, without further ado, and with a heavy dollop of shame and embarrassment on my part, I give you the Board Game Snobs. And welcome to another... <laughs> I interrupted you then. That was amazing. This stays in. This stays in. This is the thing. I'm no Jeff Foxworthy. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not, not a professional. I just yeah. jumped in. Without any introduction, the never gormless, the always dishy, Ben Maddox is joining well, me today on well, Board Game Snobs. Yeah, you have the opportunity to be the first guest after... Post Foxworthy. Fox- Post Foxworthy, so the downloads no doubt will be streaming in. You'll have tons and tons of people that are finding out who Ben Maddox is with me today. Well, I've got to be—I've got to be more popular than Foxworthy at this point, right? I mean, he hasn't done uh, anything for thirty years, has he? Uh, no, he's been quite busy. I, I, mean, I may you, have... you know, you're a redneck when <laughs> something or other, isn't it? He's still doing those. He—he he <laughs> he does like a, a one-a-day calendar. Uh. He made this card game that we were talking about on the podcast. Uh, he just came out with a Netflix special. But yeah, I mean, until they contacted us, I was like, what is old Jeff been up to? So, How did you get hold of Foxworthy then? Come on, uh, come on, dish. <laughs> we res- A few months ago, we got an email from this uh, media group. And I thought Jerry had signed up, but Jerry doesn't remember signing up. Right. And we thought, well, maybe we signed because when we first started the podcast, he signed up. I signed up for a bunch of stuff when we first started, but it was this uh, uh, media group, Beacon Media Group. Okay. So we get an email saying, Mr. Foxworthy has a card game he's come out with. Would you be interested in having him on your show? And of course, we're you know these groups. It's like, do they know who we are? Do they know our <laughs> style? Do they know anything about us? Or is this? And you you know, we're always getting emails from random things. Oh, hey, would you like to have us on your show? It's like, and it's people that have no idea who or what you even do. Dear, dear Ben, 
Love the show. I, Delete as Applicable, thought that your Delete as Applicable podcast was great. Yes. So, uh, I the whole time thought it was pretty much, I thought we were getting catfished. For, I, I, at some point, they're going to ask us for money. But they kept saying, okay, well, send us your stats. I was like, okay, well, that'll be the end of it once they see our stats or nothing. <laughs> but Foxworthy, I mean, he hasn't done it for 30 years. He's like, you got 300 <laughs> downloads last month? So, uh, but no, they, they're like, okay, we'd like to continue. And, I, and throughout the whole process, I'm like, is this real? I mean, I mean, he is may not be super in the zeitgeist right now, but when I was 20 years old, I mean... He was everywhere. He was everything. Right. I mean, he's a comedian, had all these shows, a blue collar tour. I, I asked uh, my American friend, like, do you know who Jeff Foxworthy is? And he was like, of course I know who Jeff Foxworthy is. He's the, yeah. you know, you're a redneck when guy, isn't he? Yeah. You might be a redneck. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's iconic, especially in the South. Right. So were you, were you nervous then? You know, genuine celebrity. Extremely. Extremely, yes. I mean, this guy had a sitcom, TV. I yeah. mean, he's... And he's not broke. I looked up right. his net worth. So, because uh, you got to do that too if you're going to have somebody on. I well, I, I looked up. Bloke. Your, I looked up yours, Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the I had the number one employee of Google on my show a few years ago. Oh, really? So, so I looked at his net worth, <laughs> like nine hundred and eighty million dollars. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was thinking, may may just give wow. us one percent. Just yeah. say, I love the podcast, man. Love the podcast. Have 1% of my wealth. You know what I mean? You, it, They would not even miss. Wouldn't even miss. It's 1%. A little bit, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we're set up. We go through it. We finally set a date. And the whole time, there's like, oh, he'll be on at 2 o'clock. So me and Jerry are sitting here, and it gets closer to 2. I'm like, uh, he's not going to show. We're going to get, we kept joking. We're like, an ostrich with a mustache is going to pop up on the <laughs> screen here in a second. And we're going to be like, hey, I got you. But now he popped on. We're like, hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah, we were, we were quite enthused. So do you think, I mean, no, this is no reflection on your show or anything. But do you think like when the, the Skype call ended, he sort of looked longingly in the mirror and said oh my god jeff what have you become what, what have you just what have what you have, become jeff what, have, what lows have you now's the time for self-reflection jeff look at your life <laughs> reset the course and move forward jeff foxworthy found hanging from life from light <laughs> soon after podcast ends <laughs> But I will say, I mean, he was a very, com nothing special about him. He acted like anybody else. Very nice, very normal. Asked us questions. Stayed on after the podcast. Who, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? I know. Because Where's my nurse? Time, we're talking to his people this whole time. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, that's got to be weird to just like, boom pop up on a podcast and be like oh yeah what are we talking about huh it was it was very straight it was kind of surreal yes and so do you think this game is going to be crap then or what are they sending well, you a copy it's a it's a, oh we already got it it's a part two it's it's a simple party game it's a reskin of apples to apples you would say oh okay and uh i mean yeah it's already sold Jerry said he looked it up. Like it was like the number one Amazon seller for the first edition. 
So, you know, it's it's just a party game. Nothing, you know, like he said, it's nothing special. It's just a he was playing I'll re say what everyone's already heard. This is great. Heard. So this is great because everyone will have listened to the podcast last week. Yeah. And then you can just repeat exactly <laughs> what he said on the following episode. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're a pro. As of this Bobby. recording, the podcast has not come out yet. But anyway, he said it's uh, they were playing cards against humanity with yeah. his, some of his family, big gathering, and it was like, "Hey, hey, hey, your grandma's over here. We can't be playing this game." So they were like asking them to keep it down. He's like, "But you know, the idea is fun, and pe- people have fun with it. But what if we just toned it down a little bit?" It made it uh, a more relatable and in his style of humor type thing. Yeah, so. a Foxworthy. So I assume yeah. he had nothing to do with it, really. I assume hey, he no, slapped hey, his name on see, it. I guess, see, here we go. If you would only have watched the show that has not yet been published, right? <laughs> you would know. I, I asked him, I said, so are all these anecdotes handwritten by Foxworthy? And he said, yeah. And he showed me the box. He said, this is all of them right here. I write them. It's just a bunch of setups and then a bunch of punchlines. So he Amazing. says, and I have nothing to do but trust him. I have no reason not to trust Jeff Fox. Uwe Rosenberg sweats at the shoulder of game design every day of his life, and Foxworthy just swans in with his redneck jokes <laughs> and goes to number one on Amazon. There's no justice in this world, Gobby. I know. I can't help it. I can't help it. Well, I mean, you know, and I, well, I hope we can ride on Mr. Foxworthy's coattails all the way to the top. That's all I'm going to say. Are you getting a quote on the box? We've said several things. Uh, I can't remember what they were on the podcast, but I love you, Jeff. I love you. Please come <laughs> on our podcast again, Jeff. I'll kiss you if you come on our podcast again. There is. I was. We've told this anecdote before, possibly that there is something about celebrity, and I met Rosie O'Donnell one time oh, after my. Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway. I don't. I don't really care for Rosie O'Donnell. To me, she seems, you know, obnoxious and kind of outlandish. Of course, this was oh, this was probably twenty years ago, nearly. But that's a that's a shtick, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's kind of like her persona she put out there. And then uh, she was on it with Harvey Firestein, the guy mm-hmm. from you know him. No, uh, he's the guy. I only do his voice. He was an Independence Day. He was the father of David. David, come on, David. Talks like that. No, I saw Independence Day when it was in the cinema. I'm that okay. old, but I don't remember it. But he talks like this all the time. That's pretty much him. So he played the main character of Fiddler on the Roof. I forget his name. But anyway, so they were husband and wife in the show. And so then afterwards, they're like, you can go out back and possibly meet them. I was like, I was telling my I was like, I don't care about meeting Rosie L. There's nothing. And as soon as she walked out, I was going, Rosie, Rosie over here. Rosie, Rosie. Rosie. <laughs> I love you, Rosie. Uh, but it's just something. And of course, she was, again, perfectly nice to us. Uh, she hugged my wife and said hello. And she said, I like the. She, she, my wife has an even more of an accent than I do, Ben, right. from the South. And so Rosie was like, I love your accent. So and my I don't like, love your politics, but I love your accent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's those are my two celebrity encounters thus far. I think I, I really had none. No, I met uh, I met the cat from Red Dwarf. <laughs> very nice, and I got him to do Dwayne Dibley for me. Um, did you get Red Dwarf over there? 
uh, no, it's well on, on a streaming service. I had right. never heard of it until it was on Netflix or whatever. And who else? God. I'm hoping one day that someone I know becomes a serial killer, gets outed as a serial killer. That's my big dream. I was like, oh, John was such a nice bloke. He's killed 73 people. I never knew. The minute it happens, that becomes my Facebook profile picture. The minute it happens, me and John. Oh, uh, I mean, other than I've been, I've been to a few like comic cons and met some people there. Like I met the... The actress from Battlestar Galactica, the Caprica Six lady. Do you remember Lex, the 1990s slightly steamy sci-fi show? Mm, no, I didn't. I think not. it was Canadian, but it was it was it was it was like a it was like a uh, what's that Babylon Five, but a bit oh. steamier and sexier. <laughs> oh, the sexy Babylon Five. And no, I, I was. I don't, I don't remember that one. I was briefly in a film with the woman who's she was like the 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 sort of sex appeal in Lex, oh, yeah. and I was in a film with her briefly. I met at a Comic Con. I forget his name, but he's in Breaking Bad. Uh, he was the bad guy in Breaking Bad. Oh, I know. Spanish Giancarlo, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like so answer me this. Is Breaking Bad the most overrated television show that's ever been made? I've never... I've watched... I tried to watch the first two episodes. Yeah, and it's I very dull, isn't it? Time, very I slow. I tough time getting... But here's... And then you meet everybody who's like, oh, you got to make it through the first season. And I was like, oh, I do? <laughs> 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 do okay, I, I, I will admit, it took me a while to get into The Wire. It took me a couple of attempts. But yeah. once you get into it, The Wire... I mean, all the hype about The Wire is absolutely 100% right. It is yeah. absolutely astonishing. I was going to swear then. I was that enthusiastic. <laughs> but... I but can believe. It's okay. I found Breaking Bad intolerably slow. And like the yeah, last I mean, episode was real crap as well. I, was, <laughs> I, I think it's the most overrated thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, well... I'm, there's several shows that I watch, and I'm like, I've I've been the same because I will give a show two or three episodes, right? Because I know sometimes they're trying to find their way. But I mean, generally, I like it if we hit on the first episode. But uh, there's been several like Andor. Every I really like Andor. That's on. Have you watched any of that? The Star Wars show. So, so this is my this is my standpoint on this, right? This is my standpoint. And I'm being serious now, Gobby. Okay. Can everything not be a bloody sci-fi or fantasy show, please? Can, can everything? I mean, Christ, my God. Like, how many bloody Marvel shows do we need a year? How many bloody Marvel shows do we need? How many bloody Star Wars shows do we need? Do you know, maybe don't make 17, make three, and then make something good. You know what I mean? Give the money to a bloody indie filmmaker to make something. Does everything have to be bloody TIE fighters? I used to love Star Wars. Star Wars was so wonderful. And it's just completely ubiquitous now. It's so dull. Oh, oh, I don't care about Andor. I don't care. And I don't care about She-Hulk. And I don't care about Rings of Bloody Power. And I don't care. I don't care about any of it. Does everything have to be bloody sci-fi? And and then does everyone have to go on the internet and say, you're a racist. You're or an SJW. The world's burning, for Christ's sake. We're all dying and there's wars in mainland Europe and people are arguing about bloody
bloody rings of power. I've had enough, Gobby. I've had enough. Thank you. Ben is livid. He is livid. I've never seen such fiery passion in the Ugh. words of any person. So no, the answer to your question is no, I haven't seen Andor. <laughs> Wow, and I don't, I don't intend I forgot to. Your sta- I forgot who I was talking to, and I've seen your rants before, but I've never seen one live and in person. Well, I've got the camera on now, person. and the cameras, yeah. the listeners can't hear, but the camera is, is very close in for some reason. And I'm so like a you- very charismatic political leader. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping. <laughs> I've got the armbands already ordered, if I'm honest. <laughs> So. on the podium <laughs> oh okay so then so your answer was no you haven't seen Andor? that's right i haven't seen Andor, no no i've watched anyway. i've watched the first three episodes of the rings of power because i'm a big tolkien fan and the rings of power is quite the worst thing i've ever seen yeah i i'm i'm going to watch the next film i'm going to watch just 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 as a palate cleanser i'm gonna watch the Le- this is very pretentious, but I'm going to watch Le Grande Illusion, which is a oh 1937 oh French war film. Oh That's what I'm going to watch next. I, I, if I see one more bloody you TIE know. fighter, I swear oh to God, God, I'm going to punch George Put Lucas. A TIE fighter in that one, I might watch it myself. <laughs> right. You need, to, you need to watch good stuff. What what is, I, I, we probably had this conversation before, but I don't remember. What are like a few of your favorite movies of all time? So I think the best film that's ever been made is The Godfather Part 2. The Godfather Part 2 is just simply astonishing. I've seen Uh, Part 1, never seen Part 2. Part 2's just, just, it's a perfect film. It's an absolutely perfect film. Um, What else? You put me on the spot now. I don't like the dramatic movies, and they're usually true stories, and usually there's... I don't like suffering. I don't want to see suffering in my movie. And I know re- there, sometimes you have some to have some art sort of is con- suffering. I know, I know, but I know that sometimes you got to have some sort of conflict. But that's why I do lean towards <coughs> the popcorn movies, you might say. <laughs> but the good is always but, win, and there's no stakes, and you know no one's going to die. And it's so boring. It's so boring. There's been several cast members in Fast and Furious die in the show. So I'm going to pitch. I'm going to pitch you something, right? Okay. What do you feel about a movie set in the 1700s, three hours long, about a man's ascent and to the top of aristocracy and then his descent back to where he came from? How does that sound to you? Well, uh, 1700s, is this pre-1776 or post-1776? No, this is this is set in Europe, so, you know, oh, okay. where the real history happens. Well, then I'm not interested. <laughs> no, I'm just so, so Barry Lyndon by Stanley Kubrick. So Stan- you, I mean, you've got to know Stanley Kubrick, right? Yeah, yeah. So Barry Lyndon by Stanley Kubrick. Astonishing film. But Barry I te- Lyndon. Barry Lyndon. But it's very arty, it's very long, and it's very slow. Never. But it, there is a film that is... An arty movie, but it's also one of the most exciting films I've ever seen. Also, the director of this movie was the main inspiration for George Lucas in making Star Wars. It ties back into the... I thought that was Kurosawa. Which it is Kurosawa. Oh. And it's a film a lot of people don't know from Kurosawa. I'm sure the uh, people who know about movies do. High High and low. Kurosawa. You need to watch that movie. It is absolutely mind-blowing. 
it's, it's about this it's about this guy who's like the head of a big Japanese corporation and his his son gets kidnapped right I started that it's so good and there is there is this one moment right so that the his chauffeur's son and his son are mates and they play together uh-huh and the police come and they say the the kidnappers want like i don't know the equivalent of like 10 million dollars or whatever right and when he thinks it's his son he's like right we're gonna pay this money and then it turns out that it was a mistake and the chauffeur's son was kidnapped not the ceo's and then the camera sort of turns onto the chauffeur looking at the ceo and the ceo's like, oh, I'm not going to pay $10 million for your son, mate. <laughs> and it is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I, I, I started that show because I listened to the Slash Film podcast. They're, right. they're movie movie critics, film critics. And they're always watching stuff on that uh, Criterion channel. And a lot of Kurosawa stuff was on the Criterion channel. And, and the thing is with High and Low, right? it's a black and white movie. It's made in the 60s or whatever. But it is, in terms of an exciting thriller, it's as good. It's as good as anything. It's not like an arty film that you've got to be super frou-frou to enjoy. Also, what I watched recently, which I am surprised at how brilliant it still is, it is fantastic from minute one to the last minute, and that is Silence of the Lambs. I think Silence of the Lambs is a flawless movie. It is a flawless movie. Really? Uh, when was the last time you watched it? Uh, not too long. I, 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 not too long ago. I mean, probably a few years. There is no flab on that film. It is tense and gripping from the first minute to the last. It's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And The Usual Suspects is another film that is just flawless in my eyes. It's um, so good. I've seen I've seen I've seen that I think when it came out like to video whenever it came out to video so it's been in the 90s right It's on Netflix watch it again just just treat okay. yourself <laughs> treat yourself say tonight I'm going to treat myself I mean it's it's 12 o'clock where you are you're already getting drunk so have an afternoon nap and then wake up it's and one go 1 o'clock sir <laughs> and then say right I'm going to watch the usual suspects and treat myself that's what I that's my recommendation for the day Speak, you know what I'm I'm drinking J and B scotch. Ooh, is is that, that is that posh or is it cheap? No, it's cheap. Okay. It's the scotch that is often found. It's yellow. Oh, I do know J and B. Yes, yes, with yes. With the red writing. It was often uh, shown in 80s movies apparently. Uh I saw something on YouTube and it was a uh a clip of the thing with Kurt Russell. Yes, he's drinking JB, and when he pours you know, it into the yes. chess machine, yes. yes. I was like, "What is that?" So half the time I look him up. I'm like, "Is that a real?" Because sometimes I just have you know a scotch that made up for the TV, like right. Heisler beer is on all the Fox shows. Right. So I look it up, and yeah, it's real. And they're like, "Whoever whoever was marketing this company in the '80s killed it because it was like putting Scarface. It was putting like all these gritty movies of." people drinking the scotch and so it's not, i mean it's not super cheap it was like 30 dollars for a 750 milliliter wow that's not cheap uh and it's it's good it's very i like it i always say smooth i know that's a generic term but for me smooth means it doesn't burn 
and I don't like a burn. I like it. It's got a little bit of smoke to it, and I really like it. I like so I bought a bottle of whiskey the other day because we're going on a post Essen board game trip next week. Oh yeah, I'm going to so ask you about that here momentarily. So we're, we're taking some scotch, and I went. There's this posh scotch shop up the road from a friend of mine's, and I bought this. So he said, "What do you want?" And I just said, "I want it to be the smokiest scotch you have in the place." And so he sold me this stuff, and it's absolutely amazing. But I like my scotch to taste like a like a square of turf. You like to taste the smoke and bring the smoke. Exactly. I bring the smoke. I was listening to that just the other day. I don't know what it means, but it sounds like it does sound like the thing an American football player would say. It's conflict, apparently. It's like bringing it. Like, yeah, I don't like the smoke. But back back to the movie discussion, just ever so briefly, right. and then we can actually discuss something yeah. board game related, I suppose. Don't ask me about what these comic book films. They're crap. What about Paddington? So, so this may surprise you, Gobby. <laughs> but I think Paddington 1 is a masterpiece. And I think Paddington 2 is even better. <laughs> and I, it might have been that I'd had a couple of beers, no, but I no. was weeping <laughs> like a baby child. When when, when he, he was drowning in the river? No, which one is it when he meets up with his grandma at the end again? Oh, is that Paddington know. 2 or Paddington 1? I can't remember. But I, I was weeping like a baby. <laughs> weeping like a baby. They're both. They're both astonishing. I watched some YouTube show and they said, watch Paddington. You have to watch yeah. Paddington. And I was like, oh, all right. And then I went to the cinema. <laughs> I went to the cinema to watch both of those films. Absolutely brilliant. And also, right, I think the most heartbreaking scene in cinema is Toy Story 3. Uh-huh. when they're going down into the incinerator right, and right. they just all accept, we're all going to die. Let's just hold hands and face death. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was watching it going, oh my god! I'm going to die! I couldn't believe it! I couldn't Ooh. believe it! Absolutely amazing! <laughs> You're getting teared up just thinking about oh, it! God, it's doing me! I tell you! <laughs> uh, yes, I agree with all that's those called, That's called acting. Oh, no, you've just been acting. <laughs> uh, the, uh, you don't get that from padding. Foxworthy. You don't get that from Foxworthy. <laughs> free acting. You don't get free acting from Foxworthy. Uh, I did get him to tell a redneck joke on air, though, so we're good. But, yes, Paddington, I've, and I've tried. I keep telling my family, I'm like, because Shardai, she's like, oh, that's like a kid's movie. I'm like, but no, you don't understand. It is a... It's a masterpiece. Does Sade listen to the podcast? Uh, yeah, she will. Po- she Sade? Sade will listen until we discuss board games. Sade, this is Ben. I'm English. Listen to the accent. This means I have natural authority. Yes, America will come back into the fold one day. So I am, you know, the natural leader of the Americans. Listen to this. Paddington is one of the greatest films ever made. If you don't watch it, you're denying yourself true experience. Listen to this sophisticated accent. (laughs) (laughs) And just do what I say, and you'll thank me later. The voice of the show, actually. Well, indeed. Okay, so you did just come back from Essen. I did. 
a uh, convention that everyone in the hobby would know. The hobby, I really hate saying that. A, Essen's not a place I'd even heard of until board gaming. Right. I didn't know it was actually a city. I thought, I thought it was just, oh, really? Sure. <laughs> and you live in Germany. Yeah, it's a nothing town. It's an absolutely really? nothing town. Huh. Though I did, if you listen to my Essen coverage, which is over on the Five Games for Doomsday feed, I did interview go. the mayor of Essen. Okay. And? Well, so, <laughs> so I do, like, daily diaries from Essen, right? And uh-huh. Wednesday is the day before the convention starts. But because I'm press, I'm allowed to go in and sort of – and I go around. And I know loads of people, so I go around and have a chat. Uh-huh. And usually when people are building up their stalls, they, they're having a drink, right? Really? So, so Wednesday, <laughs> I – in Germany. Well, indeed. In Wednesday, Wednesday, I tend to get drunk. And if you listen to that first episode, my Essen Day Zero episode, you can uh-huh. just see I get progressively – <laughs> more drunk as the episode goes on. And then the Deutsche Spiel Prize, which is like the Spiel des Jahres, but not uh-huh. quite as good. I, I get invited to their ceremony. And so usually I go there and I interview people at the ceremony. And I interviewed the mayor. Uh, but by this point, this is like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the evening, and I've been drinking since midday. I am absolutely plastered. Mm. Absolutely plastered. And he couldn't speak English. So I said, okay... You tell me in German, and I'll just translate simultaneously, right? So I was doing this a bit, and then I asked him a question, and he started speaking, and I realized, I don't understand. <laughs> a blind word he's saying to me. I don't really? Understand. And fluent German. Was, yeah, was but I was, I, was, I was really drunk. I listened was back. It, was I, it the alcohol? It was the alcohol. I listened back to it, and I thought, oh, yeah, I understand what he's saying. And he speaks for about seven minutes. And then I do the translation at the end, which is, yeah, he said a lot of stuff, but, like, it's not relevant. <laughs> but he says Essen's really nice. And that was it. That was how I summed up seven minutes of him talking. Because I couldn't wow. understand the blind word he was saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I- I can tell. I can tell on your episodes where it's you and uh, Steve is yeah. your fellow partner. I can tell. Uh, you, I can tell you are really enjoying yourself, especially when you are imbibing in some. It's all acting, darling. Liquids. It's all acting. We can't stand each other. We're very much like Abbott and Costello in that sense. <laughs> Don't talk to each other when the microphones are off. Wait a minute. Abbott and Costello didn't like each they other? They hated each other. They Don't hated each other, Abbott and Costello. Ruining my childhood once again. And then Laurel and Hardy did the same thing, but I think yep. they reconciled. Me and Jerry despise each other as well. I mean, I, mean, I, I was, can't stand him. How could you? I mean, the man's intolerable. Tough. He is. Intolerable. He really is. He absolutely is. <laughs> Jerry, it's a, and he doesn't listen to any. If he's not on, a we could say anything. Listen, we could oh, say yeah. he anything. He doesn't care. So, so what's the story? Actually, I don't know if because I don't know this. So maybe the listeners don't. What's the story with Enrique? How did you guys meet and everything? Hello there. Jerry grew up around Enrique's father. Okay. And Enrique is twenty. He's twenty. Two or 23 now. Hmm. So Jerry's a good 10 to 15 years older than Enrique. I forget how old Jerry is. So, yeah, he's considerably older than Enrique. But his it's, not, father, it's, not, it's, it's not a grooming thing, is it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I don't know. No, it is definitely not. I'm not going to joke around with that one. So, uh, but his dad, you know, and if you've, if you've listened to Enrique, you can see he, he may be somewhat, um, what's the term? 
unmotivated. Yeah. So, apathetic might be the word. Apathetic. He he is perfectly content being in his room playing video games the rest of his life. God, sounds like a life. And his dad, I, I think, yeah, I was, I was like, man, Rick, sounds awesome. But his dad was like talking to Jerry and he's like, you think maybe you could kind of, because like, he's found out Jerry was into these board games. Mm. He's like, Enrique doesn't want to play video games. I know he likes games. See if he likes board games. So Jerry's kind of like asked him and they played, I think their first game was Coup. They played some game Mm -hmm. together. And Enrique latched on. He loved it. So there's like, okay, besides video games, Enrique does also love playing board games. And it's more social and you can interact with people and get out of the house and learn how to greet and say hello and interact with other human beings. And so that's kind of just that. It's kind of like he just kind of took Enrique under his wing. And uh, now you have the flourishing Enrique you hear on our Incredible. Episodes. He's an incredible raconteur. <laughs> I'm gripped. Yeah, and and uh, I saw a snobs t- I saw the Enrique snobs t-shirt in the wild in essence. Oh, yes, yes, I saw that picture. And it's an incredible t-shirt. It's an incredible t-shirt. <laughs> Enrique, the fans love him. They love him. He is a unique person. Yeah. He literally has grown up only eating, and I'm not joking, I think maybe cheese and bread, and that's about <laughs> it. Chicken nuggets. Uh, we had it. Every, every time you mention something that you tell, egg rolls. You ever had an egg roll? No. Oh, but he had lots of No. He said watch him a flagets now, isn't he? What's that? What are they called? Prawn. What are they? What was that thing that Jerry was cooking? The Wan Wan Wangoon Wangoon Rangoons, yeah. Rangoon crab yeah. rangoons. So he's had a crab rangoon, it. isn't he? He had that. That was his first. And he he said it was good, but he does have some sort of issue where like certain textures make him react, so he doesn't like them, but. Every every day for Enrique is a new experience. Yeah, yeah. And he's twenty three years old. He, we're still trying to get him to get his license, but you know, does he have a job or is he currently unemployed? He works for his father. Okay. His father has a very successful business. They do flooring and stuff, and they install flooring. They clean floors, like Pizza Huts and some restaurants. They usually like go in there and wax and clean the floors and. So we're like, Enrique, this is a, you know, your dad could hand this off to you. You have a built-in job here and you could take it, but he has no interest. He has no interest. He's been working for his dad for years and years and still could not, like, you could not send him out to, hey, go do this job for me. He can't do it. I suppose. Then you just sit around and wait for your dad to die and then live off the inheritance, don't you? I, I hope he's got one. I hope he's got one. But, you know, he's still a work in progress, so we'll see. Never give up hope, I say. No. All right, so we got off course somewhat. Yeah, Back I derailed you. I apologize. That's fine. Back to Essen. So, do you go? How many times have you been, and where do you rank it among your pot, your cons? My first one was 2012, and I've been every year apart from the year I couldn't go due to, due to situations. And it is. I mean, there's no question, right? Essen is mecca for board games. And and 2021 was a bit weird because it was just Germany, really, because people were really unsure about travel and all of that sort of stuff. It was like half the size. But this year was kind of felt back to normal. And what's great is all the Americans come over, like everybody, Korea, Japan, America, Italy, Holland, 
Denmark, just everyone from around the world, and it feels truly international. And I got to meet so so with this board gaming thing, right? You meet a lot of people on the internet, and it doesn't feel like you've properly met them until you actually share meet space with them. Such so as yours truly, well, exactly, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm gutted you haven't invited me over, to be honest. There's one in November in Dallas. You're welcome to come. I would love to go to BGG Con. That's the American con I want to go to, is BGG Con. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. it's very nice. Because it, it, it's... So so Essen is this big fair where it's full of razzmatazz. They're selling loads of stuff. And it's about buying games, essentially. But BGG Con appeals because it it's uh, just playing games, right? Sitting down yeah, they and just have, playing They games. have... And the big, the big one, they have an area, of course, for some sales, but it's all about playing. It's yeah. all about using that library and playing stuff you haven't got to play and want to play. And right, yeah, it's 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 amazing. I won't be able to go this year, but Jerry and Enrique are going to be there. I don't play games in Essen. I played one game in Essen this year. Yeah, that's what I was. See, I we would like to go because it is, like you said, board game mecca. Yeah, but. I mean, I'm not a man of great means, so I, I'm not going to, like, I don't have the money to just buy loads and loads of game. It would right. surely be, it would just experience. A, going to Germany for the first time. Sure. Are there, like, you said it's a small town. Is there places There's to nothing. get drinks? <laughs> There's nothing in There's essence. nothing? But you could, conceivably, because it's a big trip, right? You could conceivably go, like, a week early. Come to Berlin, and there's loads in Berlin, right? Yeah. Then do a few days in Berlin, then go to the convention. So sort of mix it. Make it a holiday and a board game convention thing, you know? So Essen really is like you're just staying the night and playing or going to the convention. So what I do, so I, I kind it's kind of work. <laughs> Are we calling it work's absurd? But so I go, and during the day, I interview people. And then in the evening, you go out for meals, you go to the bars, you go to the parties, and you drink and act like a fool, basically. So there are places that have meals and bars. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was my main concern. You should come to the... So the inaugural Five Games for Doomsday meal was had this th the, the Thursday of Essen. Oh, really? Yeah. I arranged it. It was amazing. I don't usually do these things. I managed <laughs> to actually it? make a reservation in a, in a restaurant. So what did that entail? Going to a restaurant, drinking booze, and eating food. With who, though? So there was me and Steve, and then Steve. of the people of the people who are relevant to the board game world, there was Martin Wallace of Age of Steam fame, mm -hmm. who, man, he can put it away. My <laughs> God. My God. So there was Martin Wallace... And Matthias Kramer, you know Matthias Kramer, uh, uh, Kramer and Kiesling. No, the, uh, he did Rococo oh. and oh, Lancaster. Okay. Yes, and a couple of those. Um, I love the games. And Shedrick Sabusi was there. Did okay. Lewis and Clark, Glow, okay. Shamans, and that was the that was the sort of board gaming people. It's just people I know, basically. And yeah, and we went and we drank and we ate and. Were you familiar with these fellows outside yeah. of gaming and podcast? I mean, outside of your podcast interviews, I mean, that's I mean, yeah. Yeah, so I would say, I mean, as far as it goes, we're friends, right? Oh. Yeah. Look at so you, we, you and Martin. Yeah, 
Yeah, mine's a very nice guy. He's a very nice guy, and he's a hell of a character. Martin, you need to tell Martin he's Jerry's favorite designer. When he Is plays. he begat? Oh, he loves Martin Wallace, and we do like any. If Martin Wallace puts out a game, actually, I thought about this for this podcast, but we're not doing it. But maybe for a future episode, I was thinking we're going to do like two or three designers. Pick three designers and pick your favorite game of theirs and the best and the worst. Right. So for Martin Wallace, for us, for me, it would be Brass. Pick pick your poison. And one of his most recent games, Rocket Man. I quite enjoyed Rocket Man, you know. Oh, my I didn't love God. it. I didn't love oh. it, but I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. Awful. I hated that game. Hated it. I, I hated, and I never said it to his face, of course, but I hated Wildlands. I did not get along with that game really? at all. Did not get along with it at all. That was pretty successful, too, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, yeah, of Martin Wallace, I was saying, but, yeah, that... that but, but but my point was besides besides Rocket Man, if he puts something out on, if he puts something out, Jerry's like just he's one of Jerry's, what do they call it Insta backs, whatever right. you want to call it. Did he did he back Bloodstones? I don't know. I haven't talked to Jerry in a couple of days. Is that recent or is that old? It finished. The project finished a month ago, six weeks ago, I think, on Game Phase. He probably did. He's. Jerry has back stuff, and I don't know what he does, but he's he's the Kickstarter guy. I don't do I don't do Kickstarter game no, found. Nor me. I I wait for it to come. Like I really wanted to back the legacy of you, the Shim Phillips solo okay. game that came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I hate spending money for something that's coming out a year from now. This, and, uh, if you want I'll a solo play. game, oh, and and of course, and of course, Tony Boydell was there. And me and Tony are friends. If you want a game, this. So this is Tony's. It's on. It's by Capstone in America. This is Tony Boydell's new, Tony Boydell's new solo game. And you're summoning a demon, and you've got to summon a demon before the time runs out. <laughs> and it is, it is fantastic. So it, was that an Essen game? Yeah, it was released at Essen. So if something comes out, uh, release at Essen, does that mean we have to wait for it to come here? I think Capstone already has it, you know. Oh, Capstone, yeah, it does, probably. But there's oftentimes, there's so many things at these, at Essen especially, being Germany, it's like, oh, we have this game, this game, this game, and it's like, I've never heard of those, and probably never will hear of them because it's in Germany. And then you have to wait for someone to buy it here locally, or in the States, Yeah, a publisher to take it on and... Put it Capstone have got some great Capstone have got some great games from Essen this year. So Aleph Null is fantastic. Beer and Bread is fantastic, which is a great two-player game. Very Euro-y. Uh, so I've I seen on your Instagram, you seem to play quite regularly. Do you have a group? Yeah. And it, it's sort of our, our um, COVID bubble. And so by oh. this point, we all just want to murder each other. Because we spent we spent two years and didn't see anyone else, and we're still basically our game group now. So, yeah. I've been very lacking in the. Uh, I haven't. Me and Jerry have gotten together a few times to play, but I haven't. I ha- I was getting on board game arena playing. I'm not even doing that anymore. I mean, my, do you not have my, a group around you? No, it's me and Jerry. That's it. Me, I Jerry, mean, and Enrique. Don't you get on meetup? 
I live in the middle of nowhere, Ben. Oh, I see. I live in a hick town, a small, small town. I mean, it's not that small. I think there's maybe 20,000 people here, but no board gaming people. And the nearest Dallas is the nearest place that has anything. And it's an hour and a half to two hours away. So what you should do, what you should do, Gobby, is you and Jerry should club together. Get me a plane ticket. I'll fly out and I'll stay at yours for a month and we'll just do nothing but play games. That sounds good. Let me let me sell and eat, and eat my, eat biscuits. Let me sell my kidney, get some money. Yeah. You only I mean, need I, one kidney. You only need one kidney. A friend of mine went for an x-ray once and realized he only had one kidney. <laughs> really? He didn't, well, know. didn't know. And he went he had an x-ray because <laughs> like I think some friend needed a needed a a, don- a donation or something. So he said, I'll oh, give him a kidney. Bad news. And they went, no, sorry, mate. You just got one big kidney. Oh. You haven't got two. One big kidney he's got. Okay. So, but you like Essen Spiel. Is it one of your favorite cons? Or how many, uh, how many of the cons have you been to? Have you been to like anything over here? Never been into anything over there. No, would love to. Um, mm. So I've been to Essen, Berlin Bridge Spiel Con, which is a nice little convention. Uh, compar- comparable to maybe Origins, I don't know, ten thousand people or so. UK Games Expo, which is fine, really expensive and kind of not worth it. Um, yeah, it's kind of it, really. I think, but kind of it. Yeah, I mean, Essen is Essen is absolutely spectacular. It's great every year. So I got home this year on the Monday, and I was, and so because of the nature of the beast, you have to sort of book your accommodation a year before and we booked our hotel room like the monday we got back for the next wow. year so it's spectacular why because you're not playing games it just, it just the ambiance yeah it's it's just if you're into this thing it really Chicken is hands. it really is the place where and it, it seems so silly right because if you go 10 metres away from the convention centre, <laughs> no one knows who Martin <laughs> Wallace or Bruno Catala are, right? I mean, no one cares. But if you're, oh, into, if you're into the thing, right, yeah. you just walk around and you bump into Bruno Catala and you bump into Antoine Bowser and you bump into Martin Wallace and you bump into Uwe Rosenberg and all of these sorts of people. And it's, and it's just, it's big and it's exciting and, like, everyone's really into it. And you feel for, like, the four days totally submerged in this thing, you know. When I got into board games, I fell for them really hard. Like, I played Pandemic and suddenly thought, I've found this thing. You know. <laughs> this is my life now. Yeah, exactly. And and so Essen is that. It's a real sort of vindication of all the time you put in. And it's just it's just great. And then there's so many nice people there. And, you know, my life tends to center around alcohol. And, you know, <laughs> and the thing is, it's Europe, right? So you can walk around the convention drinking beer, and there's places in the convention that sell beer, and there's places that give away samples of whiskey and mead and all of this sort of stuff. And it's just great. It's just great. And we had this inaugural last year, me and Mark from Bright Eye Games, Mark who's publishing Cora Quest. So we had... There you go, Dan. That's that's the that's the obligatory. I mean, what you can't see is Dan is sat in the corner of the room, pointing a gun at me, going, "You've got a minute. 
You're running out of time. You're and running so out of time. We had our inaugural. Oh, that's a great accent. That's a great accent, Gobby. <laughs> I mean, you should really give up the day job and go into <laughs> go into voice acting. It's fantastic. And uh, um, yeah, we had our inaugural. What we descriptively call beers in the car park, and we buy beers. And then we sit in the car park and drink them. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So, so it was just that me. wasn't too hard to piece together there. No, so it was just me and Mark last year. And this year it was me and Mark and Johnny Pack and Dan Hughes and Mark's friends who organize Aircon. And it was like oh, about 10 God. of us this year. And so Aircon, go- that's one I'd like to go to as well. Yeah, me too. And the, the goal is to make beers in the car park to make it like a hundred strong at some point, you know. Oh, someday, someday. You, you saying all that, it makes me somewhat jealous because we are isolated here. Like, we're not around anything. This isn't, like, what we do for a living. Right. right. It's just a small part of what we enjoy doing. So, and I and because we have not been able to get together a whole lot and play, it's like, I kind of feel like I've, I'm, I'm slowly just, you know, and I know there's ups and downs to it, but you feel like you kind of separate from the hobby. and I know like exactly you, how that feels, you, yeah. You lose your enthusiasm. It's like I said, I haven't been playing nothing. Whereas when I first was into it, I was listening to all the podcasts. Yeah. I knew all the games coming out. I was buying the games. I haven't, I can't, I'm, I know I've bought a game recently. But on the level that I used to purchase them and look for them, and I, I, I was just, you know, like it's, it's so strange how, like, when you first get into it, you're, just, oh man, you just can't get enough of it. It's peaks now, and troughs, though, right? It's peaks it and troughs. So, so and like, I'm in a trough. I'm in a trough. Yeah. This weekend, I was at a friend's. So, a friend's wife has gone back to the states for a couple of weeks. And so he doesn't know what to do with his life. So he's like, please come around and play games with me. I don't know what I'm doing. And so, <laughs> and I found my box that I haven't played now for a year and a half. I found my box of Arkham Horror LCG cards, right? And so I said, let's play Arkham Horror LCG. And we started with the first scenario from the core box. And I am chomping at the bit now. That game is so great. We played it like all yesterday and this morning, and it's just so fabulous. And this is the point because it's the same with everything, right? There, everything. There's a whole lot of mediocre everything, and there's very few really good things. But once you experience the really good thing, then you're like, oh my god! And I am, I am absolutely champing to play Arkham Horror all the time now, and it is so fantastic. And now, I want to I want to mention real quick. At first, you said chomping, then you went champing. So, <laughs> which one is it? So, it's originally champing, I think, <laughs> but everyone says chomping, and now my justification is: is they're interchangeable. <laughs> so, if there's any pedants okay. out there listening to this, screw you. I'm I got right. You, I got you. <laughs> well, you covered both bases. So you're exactly. Good. Yeah, well, that's what I, and that's what happened to me. I've, I've been, I've had this feeling before of like be kind of feeling this disconnect from the whole thing. I love podcasting. I love when we get together, but it's so few and far between because of Jerry's 
I just I need a new partner, really. Jerry's just got too much of a life. That's he's got family, kids, Cursing. Cursing. houses, jobs. I can't stand it. A successful career. Who needs it? Who needs it? I last time I, I was in a it was it probably was sometime in 2021. I had a similar trough, as you said. Yeah. But then we got together for one of our game days and it lit the fire right back up. It's, well, it's just one of those, a matter of doing it. Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? You And the thing is, board gaming is a bit weird because it's a bit of a weird sort of in-group cult thing. And oh, you yeah. end up, if you're not playing, you feel bad about yourself. So I just finished doing a play. And, you know, the month up to the first night of the show is so busy. So, like, I have no... And, and you're at the theatre in the evening when you should be playing games, right? So I, I didn't play anything. And for me, this is a long time. I didn't play anything for, like, a month. And it was... You know, you start to feel like, am I into this thing anymore? And all, it's so weird. It's such a weird sort of codependent relationship that I have with my hobby, you know? it's uh, but, it But, um... But then I went to Essen and I got some games. I got Deal with the Devil. I got Evergreen, The Great Split. I got the new War of the Ring, the card game. Aleph Null and a really cool little trick-taking game. And and this is the thing, right? I used to go to Essen and buy 15 games, 20 games. I went to Essen this time and bought five. Just because, you know, one thing that does happen as you progress through the hobby is that you become more discerning and you understand more about what you like. So you don't buy everything, right? And, you know, we're going away on Thursday. We've rented a house in the mountains. And we're going away on Thursday for four days to play the games that I got at Essen that I didn't have the chance to play there. And it's it's great. You should, come. You, it. Should, you should come to Essen next year, Gobby. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I, I, my wife and I have a next year will be twenty five years of marriage for wow. my wife and I. What's that silver? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. It might be silver. Oh, that's going to be sad because I remember my own parents' silver anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> we're all getting we're all getting desperately old. But you're from the you're from the south of America, so you know your parents' twenty fifth yeah. anniversary. They were both thirty, so you know <laughs> they weren't that old. They had their whole life ahead of them, Gobby. That is true. Uh, so we we do have plans to visit, but we're not going to. It's not. It's not actually going to take place next year because we need to save up money. So right. we're going to celebrate our 25th anniversary, probably closer to our 26th anniversary. But our goal is to go to the Cotswolds. Ooh, why the Cotswolds? That's bizarre. Because that's what Americans know as I mean, being. It's, it's beautiful, the Cotswold. Don't get me wrong, right. but it's but it's it's a strange. Isn't that what they do? That you go there and it's beautiful and you walk around and drive around? I mean, it's kind of near where I come from. It's, it's very nice, yeah. We'll see. Well, wh where would you suggest? I'll take suggestions. So, my my big suggestion, I think the most beautiful part of the country up. is North Wales. North Wales. It's not so far from the Cotswolds. You could do both. I mean, okay. Britain's, Britain's not very big. And it is... It's just, it's just the most beautiful place. 
It has little stone bridges bubbling over little brooks, and it's got black and white pubs and fields of sheep, and it, it's just... And, and they would love That's you... That's what I thought the Cotswolds was. Yeah, but the Cotswolds is a bit Tory, right? Okay. okay. Whereas North Wales, you know, they're a bit more salt of the earth, you know. Gotcha. And, <laughs> and they would love you with that accent. They'd love you. You'd be, you'd be the star. You go into one of these little Welsh villages... Going, all right, I'll have one of your pints of beer. And they would adore you. They absolutely Spot adore on. you. You got me. <laughs> okay, so okay, I need to ha- I need to have a consultation with our my British compatriots yeah. about our trip. Because that's what we don't. Uh, Chardonnay visited London on like this whirlwind trip with Bubba to uh, Europe. They went to like Portugal, Lisbon, London. They hit all the big spots. Rome, right. Paris, did that thing. So, but we watched this guy. I forget his name, but he tours all the time, and he did the Cotswolds thing. And my wife was just enamored with it because that's what she saw. Right. But I'm 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 open to people that know their business. So North Wales. Also, we watch a lot of Poldark. Is Poldark filmed around any of those spots? God, I have no know. idea. I mean, I've heard of Poldark, but I have no idea what it is. Oh my goodness! They show these every the the opening of the show is them looking off this cliff into the ocean. It's I think it's in a northern area. Oh, the Cotswolds! The Cotswolds is landlocked. Yeah, it's not. It's not the Cotswolds. The Cots, I guess Poldark they is like Cornwall like, or something, is it? They're in copper mines and stuff. Oh yeah, like it'll be that. Cornwall then, wouldn't it? Cornwall, yes, that is it. That's the area. Is that North Wales? See, I'm showing my ignorance. No, that's absolutely the opposite end of the country. <laughs> Oh, okay. Wow, I got a lot of research to do. Yeah, so go to go to North Wales, go to Flamberis, go to Snowdonia. It is it is absolutely glorious. Back to board games. Okay, I have. Uh, I'll tell you the two games I have in my cart that I'm interested in. Right, and it's after many many podcasts and uh, even some people that I know that I'm friends with. Well, friends with internet friends with. Uh, Guild of Merchant Explorers. Have you played that? No idea. A, a a more generic title there could be, though, is there? Oh, yeah, I recognize it. That's a generic title, isn't it? The Guild of it Merchant is. Guild Explorers. Of, yeah, and, and they make fun of that. But it is. it also has a solo. It's by AEG. Yeah. It's all the rage. It's They're all usually the rage. good. AEG usually good. You can trust them, I think. And the newest one, Sniper Elite. No idea. Do, does the game have corn? Does the game have corn in it? Are you no. turning cubes into other cubes? Otherwise, <laughs> I'm not interested. Fundamentally, Sniper Elite's a hidden movement type mo- game. Oh, like, hidden movement really is the worst mechanic, isn't it? Oh no, I like hidden movement. Although One of my favorite games is Letters from Whitechapel. Although now I'm friends with award-winning comic book artist Matt Kent. Oh, um, I should I play. I think it's Kindit. Yeah, sorry, you, it's Kindit. You're correct. Kindit. <laughs> um, I need to play Mind Management. Uh, we played that at BGG. Uh, we were not fans. But did you, did you not us. love it? Everyone, everyone else seems to love it. Yeah, I'm Letters from Whitechapel. I just, I know I've never played Fury of Dracula. God, it's horrendous. Ugh, really? It's, uh, it's unending. Oh, but you don't. But you don't like hidden movement. It's unending. And and Fury of Dracula has a reset card. 
So Dracula just draws a card and then can just go anywhere on the board. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's wow. absolutely dog. I was going to okay. swear then, Gobby. I was going to say the S word. It's <laughs> dog poo poo, Gobby. I am not a fan. I, I, I always wonder, like, does it count if it's shite? I mean, that's not even a word here. No, it's that thing, right? Like, I don't know if you ever got Father Ted over there, but the F word, like in Ireland, they say feck. And feck oh, is yeah. perfect. Feck is perfectly fine. Like but if you frack. swap the vowel, then you have to beep it. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. I say frack quite frequently. Battle so, Star Galactica. Was it? Was it? Was it you? Was it the board game snobs you were arguing about this? Because I think Battlestar Galactica is the greatest sci-fi TV show. I think it's. Uh, I think it's simply we fantastic. And I'm sure you were having an argument with Jerry or something. I don't know that we argued about it because I think Jerry. I don't know. We've discussed that, but I I liked it. It's one of my favorite shows. It's incredible. I think it's absolutely incredible. Even Caprica it, Six. So you knew what I was saying when I said I got Caprica Six's uh, autograph. Oh, I I, I kind of I guess I wasn't listening, but you got Caprica Six's autograph. Yes, that's is why she, I said I was going to cons. Is yeah. she as attractive in real life as she is on she was, PSG? She was, and I had her sign it. I said, "Can you put this on there?" Gina, your husband is gorgeous. Trisha Helfer. Wow. And she signed it. She signed it. I said, babe, better look out. Me and Trisha, we might take off together. (laughs) 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 Yes, it's quite, it's tough. I mean, you see these beautiful people on TV and you're like, oh, they can't be that beautiful. They're that beautiful. Yeah. She was, was, it's like you go up there, you're like, oh, uh, and I'm just dumbstruck because I'm, Already, I have self-esteem issues because I'm I mean, morbidly obese. Well, I mean, of course, and you've got to you've got to get it right because you don't want to mess it up. You don't want to blow your chance no, with Trisha Helfer, yeah, do you? This is it. This is my chance right here. But she laughed. I got I got a laugh out of her. If Trisha, if Trisha is going to you know go off with a guy, it's definitely going to be some dude at Comic Con, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Paying ten dollars for a signed photo, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, well, it, was, it was twenty, sir. Thank you very much. It's not cheap. <laughs> Uh, but she, but that's what I say. She laughed. I got her to laugh. But maybe it was the fact that she said your husband is gorgeous, and then she laughed heartily at that. I'm not quite sure how I should take that. I mean, I, I think I think she was just nervous with her. It was her, her I was you know, intimidating your, your, her. Your natural musk was intoxicating her, and so she had no choice but to laugh. Would be my guess. My animal magnetism was just too much. So you didn't you didn't end up marrying Trisha Helfer then. No, no. She she simply signed the autograph and moved on. But I've gotten two autographs. Is it her? Yeah, I've gotten two separate autographs from her. <laughs> One more, and she's calling the police. The thing is, it's weird, right? It's, it's weird. I, I, this whole thing strikes me as a little odd. You know, if you're in these sci-fi shows and stuff, is it not a bit, I don't know, humiliating to, like, go to these comic cons and flog a picture for 20 quid a time you know what i mean yeah i especially well in uh, some of these sci-fi shows are kind of like you were saying about Edson. it's like nobody else has heard of this show right like like even battlestar galactica as huge as battlestar galactica is my wife had not heard of it until i had rented it years after it came out and right. was like Babe, have you have you seen this show? She's like, no, I've never heard of it. And I try to get her to watch it, and no interest, of course, because she doesn't like sci-fi. 
But yeah, I mean, it's a for as big of a show as we think it is, if we're into that, for the most part, I mean, it was on the sci-fi channel and that was it. Like outside, oh, Trisha Helfer, I hadn't even seen her. She's done a few things in other TV shows and movies. Has she done anything since Battlestar Guys, Kat? Not a whole lot, no. I mean, you, I, I, no. I, I, because I've heard Katie Sackhoff, I'd say Katie Sackhoff was a little bit more popular. We're really going into the weeds here, but I bet board gamers know who we're talking about. She's Starbuck. Um, Starbuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she was in The Mandalorian, right? She was in The Mandalorian as Bo-Katan. She made appearances on The Big Bang Theory. I mean, I would venture to say people watching The Big Bang Theory saw her and like, oh, what's this show she's from? Because Big Bang Theory had millions upon millions of more viewers than Battlestar Galactica ever had. So I think it's, it's an interesting thing, board gaming in any hobby. And I wonder what other hobbies there are where you have these superstar figures, probably the Twitch world. There's, right. you know, these guys making millions, tens, tens of millions of dollars. Like a lot of money. And I don't know who they are. I've never heard of them. Don't know nothing about I, them. I was playing this game the other day, and the art is like people that they've sort of, you know, when they you sort of rotoscope the people. So it looks like it's uh-huh. a painting, but it's obviously the person. And there was one of the cards, and they put PewDiePie on it. And I said, <laughs> I oh, that's, that I said, oh, that's PewDiePie. And, and PewDiePie, at this point, right, he has, I don't know, like 100 million subscribers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He is, he he's probably worth like $100 million or whatever. No one knows who he is outside of a very sort of, you know, yeah. a, a broad but sort of very niche thing, right? And he's yeah. fascinating. And he's he's got to be, I, I think PewDiePie is probably as rich as, who's the who's the guy from... Guardians of the Galaxy. That lad. He's probably Chris as Pratt? rich. Yeah, he's probably as rich as probably richer than Chris oh, Pratt, yeah. in fact. Oh, you yeah. Know? <clears throat> well, that's why like I think even listeners to your podcast, whether it be Five Games for a Doomsday or Board Games Snobs or whoever, they stumble upon you and they're like, Oh yeah, and they listen and listen and listen and listen, and in their eyes, Oh yeah, you're Ben Maddox of Five Games That's for right. Doomsday or Gobby Gobby of the Board Game <laughs> Stops. And they're so excited and I did it myself when I you know, I met uh at BGG there was there was a table and it was Jamie from Secret Cabal. Right. The guy from Drive Through Games. Yeah, yeah. His name, sorry. But Yeah, like, I, I can't remember his name either. And uh and Chaz Marler, they were all playing a game together. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But Enrique had no idea who they were. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just from one person to the next. It's like what's huge in one person's eyes is nothing in another. Potty, so isn't it's, it? It's absolutely it's potty. A very, it's a very fleeting uh, feeling you might get. But the only game I have played, we're a good deal in. We can close out here soon. Oh, it's exciting. The only I, I can, I I can sing a song. I learned for the very first time in my entire life backgammon. Oh, I I hear it's amazing. I've got a backgammon set, but I've never really. I have. I've got someone bought me one for my birthday once. Well, I had a chess set that it was chess on top, and it was a fold-out box. And when you flipped it over, backgammon on the back side. Never learned it. Never played it. I played the chess. I'm not. I enjoy chess. I'll play chess. It's not a game I'm thrilled about playing. Right. 
But backgammon was on the other side. Never learned to play it. Last night, we went to go visit my brother-in-law in Dallas. And we went to this uh, brewery. And they have games there. And they have backgammon. So he taught me backgammon. It's so simple. Yeah, it's this so is what simple. I hear. But really good. You roll dice. You, I, can, I can play it one or two times. And it's, it's kind of like all those games from that era. It's like I could play it once or twice and I'm good. I could revisit it after a while, but it's not something I would want to play repeatedly and like really like be a backgammon guy. I can right. never see doing that. So you have the setup. I, he set it up, so I'm not sure about the setup, but you, you have your discs and your opponent's disc, and you simply roll die. You roll two die. And Sir? Whatever those do, like if you yeah. roll a six, well, you can choose one of your discs to move six spots. And whatever the other die is, you can move either that same disc or another one of your discs right. to move. So if you rolled a six and a four, I could choose a one disc to do a six movements. And you're going around the board. I think there's five or six spots on each section of the board. Yeah. So you're just going around. You're you're going around the board. You, then you have to get all of your chips into this one section of the board, and then you can start sending them to the home base type thing. And it's just rolling the die. The it's dice rolling. So there's not there's it's a lot of luck, but there is some strategy in what disc chip whatever you want to call. It. I don't even know what it's called piece one of your game pieces you can bump your opponents out and send them to the restart aggravation or sorry style by if they only have one disc in one of the areas if it's one disc you can bump them out so like if i land my disc in this number three spot where their singular disc is it bumps them out they go back to the beginning but if they have two or more then you can't touch them Right. So you kind of like learn to build up your defense. You, uh, you're wanting to move your disc where how oh, he can't bump me out here. And that's really the only strategy to it because everything else is luck of the die roll. But uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, I was just glad to learn it because I have, I've seen it my entire life and never known how to play it. And that's about the only reason. Uh, other than that, I played 42 with my father-in-law of 85 years of age. Right. It's a domino game. Any good? Have you heard of 42? I've heard of it, but I've not played it. It's a trick-taking domino game in which whoever wins the bid decides the trump. So if you have a bunch of blanks in your hand, then you're going to want to go blanks as trump. And the whole thing is you have a partner. It's just like spades. So... The fun of the game is I might bid on blanks, but I may not have the blank, the double blank. Right. I'm going to throw uh, my a lower blank out there and hope I hit my partner and they catch that one. And that that's the fun of 42. And there's a lot. Of, there's some nuance when you've played it long enough together. You know, oh, when my partner throws out this domino, he's telegraphing to me something he has in his hand. Right. And that's something they do a lot. Like. My father-in-law, if they throw out a, like, when it comes to a hand and, like, are you going to get rid of trash, and they throw out a double, like the double three, he's telegraphing, I'm throwing out my double because I have the three six to back it up. So if your garbage that you need to get, 
me to catch is like the three, two or three, one that I've got the three, six to back. And there's a little bit of nuance there, but it's, it's just like spades trick taking. It's the only trick taking game I like. I'm not a trick taking fan at all. What about Skull King? The greatest trick taking game ever made. I know, I know you love it. You're not playing, you're not playing with the right people. I'm uh, maybe I'm not because oh, we played it. And I'm like, it's a trick taking. Oh, the the mermaid catches the pirate. The yeah, pirate exactly. Catches the kraken. I, I the trick taking mechanism to me is just trumps. As this trump gets this, I, I just it's not interesting to me at this point. Well, I I played a a really quite surprising game on Thursday called Feed the Kraken, and it is a social deduction game. Very much lifted from, you know, the resistance. But it has a big board and you have to get to a destination. Each team has to get to a destination. And I was suspicious. <laughs> but, honestly, the last turn, and there were three teams, there's three teams in it, and the last turn, any team could have won. It was just, it was so tight and it was fantastic and no one knew who anyone was. It was, it was just brilliant. It was really good. Feed the Kraken is. Feed the Kraken. It is, it is really surprising. I was so surprised at how enjoyable it was. I do enjoy social deduction games. Yeah. Uh, Especially for parties. I enjoy social deduction. I enjoy hidden movement. But that's just me. All right, Ben, I see you yawning. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It's, it's, it's late It's here. late. It's late. I get it. It's afternoon drinking. It's afternoon <laughs> drinking, Gobby. It'll mess you up. It makes you sleepy. You got to get a nap in there. What do you have planned for tomorrow, Ben? So what, what do I have planned for tomorrow? What's on the Monday docket? What's on the Monday docket? So I, people may not know, I write for a board game magazine in the UK, and I pitched loads of articles to my editor so i have to write loads of articles tomorrow <laughs> is that the tabletop magazine yeah exactly okay so i've written so i i write the agony aunt column for the magazine mm-hmm. you know like dear abby oh okay so gotcha. i write the dear abby column for the magazine and then i've got loads of reviews to write mm, sounds like a full day yeah and I'm very lazy as well, so it's, 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 it's exceptionally hard work for me. After your mu- mentioning of much drinking of beer and playing games, well, I mean, sometimes those uh, can eke into your earning a living. Don't yeah, you and I'm, I'm, go- I'm going away for the inaugural cabin con on Thursday. So, oh, the this cabin? Is, this is the Five Games for Doomsday convention. Oh. On Thursday, so I've got to get it all done by Thursday. So everybody has to bring the five games they would choose? Uh, no, we just go to the mountains and get drunk. Well, that's not thematic, Ben. They I have to bring do... the five games they would choose. You've listened to my podcast. There's no theme. The theme is the theme is paper thin. It's a premise that hold, doesn't hold up to scrutiny. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Ben's ready to go to bed. I'm ready to eat lunch. See, that's the problem with living across the world from each other. Exactly. I'll have to visit North Wales upon my 26th slash 25th anniversary. Come to Essen next year, Gobby. Come to Essen. I will. I'm going to sell Enrique's kidney and I'll yep. get us there. Yeah. Well, Ben, thanks for coming on. You can catch Ben on... Come on now. 
Five games for Doomsday. Thank you. Design notes on the Dice Tower. I was going to say that. Okay, sorry. Design notes for Dice Tower. Tabletop magazine from the UK. Acting in shows, plays in the Germany area. The, the, The app for my father's work. The app for my father's work. Have you gotten any uh, feedback from that? Yeah, loads. Good or bad? Oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I got paid. I don't care. I don't care. Oh. Um, also, the- I was listening to I was listening to Secret Cabal, and one of the guys from there. I don't know if you know Secret Ball. I do know Secret Ball. Yeah. Okay, I figure. But they were like, oh, yeah, this guy voices the app. I'm like, do y'all not know Ben? How do y'all not know Ben? I know. How do, you, I, I how do they, y'all not know Ben? How do y'all not know Ben? And it's how this guy for the app, he was reading and He didn't mention any issues. In fact, I think he liked it. But I was like, yeah, that's Ben. How do you not know Ben? But anyway. And I'm um, also... I'm also uh, Look for the Kickstarter video for Unconscious Minds. Unconscious Minds? I'm playing Carl Jung in the video, so I do an outrageous German accent. In Wait. It. But is that the, the psychiatrist, psychologist guy? Exactly. Someone got in touch with me. Someone got in touch with me. Also, Catan. What is it? The Dawn of Humankind? Oh, yeah. The tutorial app. I did. I'm not doing the speaking for it. But I did the German to English translation for it. So if it's if the writing on the app is crappy, that's my fault. <laughs> you can take pride in that. Catan Don of Human. Is that like a re like it's like a whole kind of a whole new game, right? Yeah, it's a new game. And the the app was the rules basically. So I had to translate the rules from German into English, and it sounds quite good actually. I'm I'm I like Catan. Yeah, I me still too. Like Catan. Me too. I think Catan. it's a bit long, but I but I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, Ben, thanks for bailing me out, as I always am in need of a guest host. Yeah, no problem. Oh, I did. I was gonna. I had this one stupid story I was gonna do during the podcast. I'm gonna do it now, real quick. Say, so Ben. Well, things are looking up for you. Uh, you know, some things negative can be turned into a positive for you, Ben. Herpes virus genetically engineered to kill cancer. So things are looking wow. for you, Ben. Wow. <laughs> so, so this woman, right? We'll finish on the, we'll finish on a joke, shall we? <laughs> so this woman, she goes to a pet shop, and there's this parrot, and it's this beautiful parrot, multicolored, for twenty quid. And the woman says, "My God, that parrot's cheap." And the guy says, "Yeah, problem is, the parrot." formerly lived in a brothel you see and so it's learned some pretty fruity language so you can't you know we've got to we've got to sell it at a discount she goes oh i don't mind a bit of fruity language and she buys this parrot right so they give her the cage with the cover on it she takes it home and she uh, she hangs the cage up and she takes the cover off and the parrot looks around the room and goes hmm new rooms nice and then her daughter walks into the living room and the parrot goes, ah, new girls, nice. And the husband walks into the living room and the parrot goes, all right, Keith. Thank you for tolerating this episode of the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.